me just say it feels good to be in the house of the Lord. But it feels even better to be home with all of you in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want to say that this has been the most unique experience I think I've had in a long time. I landed in Florida to preach for my father-in-law. I turned to my wife and said, I want to go home. And my wife looked back at me and she said, me too. So we're there the whole time dreaming about coming home and being with you all. So, amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 7. Amen. As you're turning there, I want to say a very special thank you to Brother Dethridge and Brother Diaz. Uh, Brother Diaz and the young people, they went out to Fallon, and I heard nothing but great reports. And God was moving there, amen. And uh, I want to say I, I, I give honor. Brother Dethridge, thank you for coming in clutch and stepping. Brother Prado called me said, I'm feeling sick. I got an infection. I can't make it. And I, I heard Wednesday night, and it went so good. I was like, well, the Holy Ghost must have something he wants to do. And let me tell you, I heard nothing but incredible things. God, anybody, anybody confused whether or not God's in our midst? Because I'm not. I'm pretty certain God's invested. God's people are invested. And I want to tell you, there's, this is just the beginning of the things that God wants to do. Amen. And as you turn into your Bibles, let's, let's remember uh, Sister Candace needs prayer. Uh, she's she's uh, going off to the hospital. Uh, she's got a lot of health complications. So we're going to pray for her. But also got a prayer request here that we're going to pray for the West family. Brother Machado put that in there. And uh, we're going to pray his cousin Brad West died of a heart attack. Uh, and his sister Sherry is in the hospital on her deathbed. And that's just a lot of bad news. But I know a God that can bring good news to all of that. Why don't we lift up our hands and let's pray for these right now. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Jesus, you're the healer. God, you're the deliverer. You're the way maker. But God, you're also the comforter. Jesus, we pray that you would comfort Sister Candace, that you would heal her body, God. We know that you have a purpose in pain, God. And we pray for Brother Machado's cousin, amen, that, that you would touch her as she's on her deathbed. But, Lord, we pray that you'd also comfort that family, God, that's going through a rough time right now. But, Lord, let this all be to lead people to your kingdom and to lead people to your salvation, Jesus. Because at the end of the day, it's all about you, God. Pray, Lord, that you would be with that family in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. I've been itching to preach to this wonderful people all week long. And I'm grateful to be here to do so. Amen. First Kings chapter 6 and verse number 7. Just one verse of scripture here tonight. And the house, when it was in building was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building the house was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building 
And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, bricks and stones. Bricks and stones. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray all across this building. Come on, would you lift up your voice? The Holy Ghost is moving through this house. All day long, God, I've been feeling it, feeling, God, that you're moving on people and you're talking to people. Give us ears to hear and a heart to respond to your word, Lord. Help me to bless your people here tonight with your word, Jesus. And Lord, do what words cannot do. In your spirit, do what no man can do. And in this service, do what no one, no other doctor, no other psychologist, no other. God, you work and you do your perfect work in us. And we will give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you and you may be seated. say it's also good to have brother Matt Bobo. This is Elder Bobo's son. Amen. Welcome. Glad you're visiting. Let's remember to keep people in prayer as they are traveling. Got several texts. People are out. Uh, we are coming up on a holiday weekend. We will have church this Sunday. And, uh, and let's come expecting great things. If you have to travel, uh, you can travel uh, after service. Uh, but if you just, there's just no way, I understand. Go have good time with your family and be blessed in Jesus' name. But I also want to let you know, and we'll be announcing this on, on Sunday as well, next Wednesday, uh, the day after Christmas, there will be no midweek service. We're going to give people a little extra time. Amen. That's why we say come to church on Sunday. Hallelujah. We're giving you Wednesday. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Bricks and stones. It is in Genesis chapter 11 that the Bible introduces us to the story or the episode of the building of the Tower of Babel. And it starts this whole subject off talking about the building materials that they were using. Since Babel was in a plain, they didn't have any mountains or rocks around them. The inhabitants of the area were forced to manufacture their own bricks and they used slime, the Bible says, for mortar. Prior to the advent of bricks and other building materials, it was commonplace that buildings were constructed using stones hewn from a quarry. Here at the Tower of Babel, they did not have that option, so they thought, in order to escape a potential future judgment from God, we will make our own way to heaven. And we will do it, not just make our own way to heaven, but we will do it our own way. Sounds like the world we're living in here today. They don't just want to make their own way to heaven, uh, but they want to make sure that everything is the way that they want to do it. But I want to tell you that God always sets a precedent in His Word that you can't just do things however you want to do them. And I can't do things just however I want to do them. Uh, because in order to make it to heaven, we've got to do things God's way. Amen. In order to be a true worshiper, Cain, you can't offer fruits and vegetables, but there's got to be a blood sacrifice. 
There's got to be sacrifice involved. There's got to be hard work involved. There's going to be long days involved. You're going to have to put in some blood, sweat, and tears. But I'm going to tell you, when it's all said and done, it will all be worth it in the end. Somebody praise him. And we'll talk about this another time, but I want to tell you God's into the details. People think, well, God doesn't really care about a lot of things. In fact, it's quite the opposite. God cares about everything. Amen. God cares about everything. And Noah, you could think about it from this standpoint. You could say, well, doesn't matter how I build an ark or what wood I use, but not all wood is as buoyant. And not all wood will absorb as much water. And I don't really need to pitch it within and without. I'll just, God only cares about the inside. Well, when the water starts coming down, you're going to start wondering whether you built your life right. You're going to start wondering when there's water coming into your life and, and when you should be floating, you're sinking. You'll start looking back on all the details that you missed and say, well, I guess it really does matter. And I want to tell somebody, it really does matter. In God's economy, it really does matter. Amen. That's for free here tonight. It was in Exodus chapter 1 and verse 14, the Bible says that there was a new pharaoh, a new king. The Bible says that he made the Israelites' life bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and all manner of service in the field. All their service wherewith they made them to serve was with rigor. Everything was hard. This new king arose and enslaved Israel and used their labor to build treasure cities. And the Bible says that these taskmasters came by and forced them to make bricks for these pyramids and bricks for these treasure cities. And you'll find that it was when Moses stepped in and said, let my people go, that Pharaoh said these people got too much time on their hands. And, and so now we're no longer going to provide them with straw for their brick, but we want them to go out and not only make brick, but we want them to collect their own straw because the enemy's objective is when you're about to get delivered to get you trapped under more bondage and to keep you more entangled and keep you so busy that you never make your way out of Egypt and in to the promised land. He will cause you to form bricks to build his city. It was in Isaiah 65 and 3. The Bible lets us know that God gets angry with his people for going their own way and especially because they made altars out of brick. You see, all the way through the Old Testament, when somebody built an altar, the Bible lets us know that they would use stones. We find that when Jacob was running from his brother and running from the turmoil of his home, he ended up in a place called Bethel. And there he was laying down on what he considered to be a pillow. And I don't have time to preach about this here tonight, but that pillow was a stone. And when he woke up from that place, he said, Surely the presence of the Lord was in this place, and I didn't know it. I didn't recognize that God was here. And the first thing he did was take the thing that he used for comfort, and he put it up, and he set it as a pillar, and said, Lord, if you'll go with me, 
this right here will be the first stone laid on the house of God. And if you'll go with me, he took the only thing he brought with him. It was just a little bit of oil. And can I preach to somebody, you may not have a lot going on, but if you just got a little anointing left, you just got a little prayer left, you just, come on, you just got a little joy left, you can take that and say, I might not feel it right now, but I'll pour it out in the house of God. Oh, somebody praise him on this Wednesday night. He took it and he poured it out and he anointed that stone to be the house of the almighty God. And it was at that place that he said, one day there will be a church here. What do you do in your turmoil? You build a church. What do you do in your pain? You build the kingdom of God. That's what happens. Some people wonder why they're going through so much trouble and so much pain. I want to tell you why God's had you on the run for so long. So that when you get to the house of God, you recognize his presence and you start building the kingdom. God's wanting some kingdom builders. I said God's wanting some kingdom builders to rise up in Carson City and say I might be hurting right now. I might be down to my last vial of oil. I might be down to my last prayer, my last dollar, and my last dance. But I'll tell you what I will do. I'll take this last little bit and I'm going to build the kingdom. I'm going to take this last little bit of prayer and I'm going to build up the house of God. I'm going to come to church and I'm going to pour it out until there's a church. Come until there's a force to be reckoned with in this whole region, in this whole area. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. He said, I might be hurting right now, but I will build a church. Amen. That ought to encourage somebody. You might be hurting, but you got purpose. You might not like it right now, but you got a purpose. Well, I don't like what I'm going through right now. Well, guess what? God's going to put you in a spot. In a place of discomfort, you might try to slumber your way through that, and you might try to find your pillow, but God's saying, can you find your stone to work with? Can you find your stone to work with? Can you lay the foundation of somebody else coming into the kingdom? Can you lay the foundation of somebody else going down in the name of Jesus and coming up speaking in other tongues? I know you're hurting. I know you're broken. But, honey, if you can just take that oil and work with the stone that God gave you, you got purpose in there. Jacob started the church. He started building the church. Yes, God will use even the liars, cheats, and thieves to build the church. Hallelujah. The Bible lets us know that when the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River, they took 12 stones and they stacked them one upon another. And they did this as a memorial. And it was written down in the law of God that there will come a day when your children might ask you, what meaneth these stones? And these stones that you have laid will be an opportunity for you to testify to your children. These things that you have already set down and laid down will be an opportunity for you to tell your children that there was a day where we were bondmen in Egypt, but God brought us out. And there will always be moments like that in your life uh, where you've got to have a memorial that is built. It is set in stone, if I could put it that way, uh, where you say, we've come this far, uh, but we won't go back there. 
We've laid this memorial, and it, I don't, you don't have to worry about me going back, but I laid this memorial for my children, for my grandchildren, for my great-grandchildren. They ain't even born yet, but one day they're going to see these stones. I already laid them down. I already set them down. I made a memorial. I made a testimony. Some folks think they're wasting their time at church and in the kingdom of God. But I've come to let you know what you're doing is you're laying stones and you're laying some things down and you're laying a foundation upon which your family can be built. Somebody needs to recognize that every stone you lay upon another, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little, but you're making it up in your mind. We ain't going back and that goes for the rest of my household and the rest of my family we're going to be free and we're going to live in the promise oh somebody praise him Take about 30 seconds and praise him. I've set it in stone. I've set it in stone. I ain't going back and neither are you. I've set it in stone. We're going to live in the promised land. I've set it in stone. We're going to make sure we stay blessed on this side of Jordan. Oh, somebody praise him and magnify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It seems. As if God has a problem with bricks. Why? What does it matter? It matters because there is a difference between bricks and stones. Look through your Bible. God's always talking about stones and hating on bricks. Stones are a conglomerate of different minerals that have come together through heat, cold, and pressure. And through this, they are formed together into unique shapes, sizes, colors, and ultimately mineral composition. Bricks, on the other hand, are made of the same materials that are ground into a powder, put into a mixer, poured into a frame so that it keeps its uniform shape. You see, bricks are logical. Bricks are practical. Bricks are a cleaner look. Ultimately, bricks are are a lot easier. Why, why don't we just build our altars out of bricks? It will make it look a lot prettier if we just go ahead and put everything and pour this powder into a form and, and go ahead, stack one upon another. It will look nice and uniform and, and there will be no difference between all of this. But I want to tell somebody there is a difference between unity and uniformity. There is a difference between unity and and uniformity. This world is crying for uniformity. You mark it down. In the end times, uh, there will be one currency. There will be one government. There will be one ruler. They, they want everything to come in alignment uh, and everybody just to line up to one way of doing things. Now, I'm not an end-time junkie. You might be, and God bless you if you are. But I want to tell you, this world is pushing everything. They're trying to make everybody bricks so they fit in society just perfect. I'll prove it to you. Go to your school system, and you look at the educational system, and what do they do? Little Jimmy is real good at art but terrible at math. And so what do they do? They put him in the special ed class because he's not as good at math because all they want is people that are good at X, Y, and Z. 
And what they're doing is they're saying you need to come up in this area and those areas need to go down. None of that matters. You go ahead and just fit in this mold that we've set. We will not allow anybody to have any extra creativity. You sit here like a factory worker all the way Monday through Friday. You'll sit there from 8 to 5. You get a lunch break and a water break. And they're training people to sit there, to not think for themselves. You got standardized testing telling you what to think but never teaching you how to think and I want to tell you that that's in our world today because they want everybody to fit into a mold they want everybody to just be in uniform and uniformity of this culture they'll tell you like this, like that, watch this, watch that, spend your money here, spend your money there, do this, buy this, buy that, get involved in this, get involved in that, and anything that steps outside their mold, they're quick to scrape it away out of the frame and scrape it away out of the form. Anybody who wants to start thinking individually or acting individually, they got a problem with that, and that's the way that our world is. They're pushing uniformity. God has never desired uniformity from his people. God has never desired uniformity from his people. He doesn't want a bunch of bricks that stack neatly and nicely upon one another because they were framed to. They were forced to. Preach to somebody. Hey, if you're in the church of the living God, I've come to let you know that you are a unique individual and that And that is the will of the Almighty God. If God wanted everybody to fit in a frame and a form, he would have made everybody look exactly the same. He would not have made male and female. It all would have been male. That's what the world wants to do. They're trying to steal gender distinctions. Hey, I, I might as well preach to this generation's mentality. It's of the devil. It's not of God. It's not truth. Why don't you, don't worry about your gender because your gender will make you different than the person next to you and that will ruin our ideas of having one fit framed brick that can fit in any position we want, any place we want. But God is always looking for stones. And when God built the temple, Solomon's temple in the Old Testament in our text, the Bible says that he called for them to use stones. Let me preach to you about these stones for just a moment. God said, I want stones to be used, but I want you to go to the mountain. And I want you to begin to hew them out of that mountain. It's going to take work. It'd be a lot easier just to grab some gravel, grind it up, put it in a frame, and, and, and mix some water in there, and go ahead and put a little concrete, a little mortar, and you go ahead and just stack it one upon another. But God was saying, if this is going to be my temple, it's got to be a representation of me. I'll preach right now. That's why God don't want just a white church. He doesn't just want a white church. He doesn't just want a black church. He doesn't just want an English church, a Spanish church, a Chinese church. God is saying, I I want this thing to be for all peoples of all colors, of all backgrounds, of all nations. And they're going to come from the same old dirty world. And you're going to take some work. But when you dig them out. God says work with them and when you get done working with them, guess where I'm going to put them? I'm going to put them in the church. I'm going to put them in the kingdom and I'm going to use them. Oh, somebody praise him. 
Somebody praise him. If you're thankful, he didn't leave you out. Come on, he didn't say this, this kingdom's just for men. No, it's for women too. He didn't just say it's for those under the age of 50. No, it's for those that are over and under. Oh, somebody praise him. Why don't you throw up your hands and pray all across this building? Come on, you want to know what kind of church we're building here in Carson? God's church. God's church. God's church. I don't care where you come from. I just want to know where you're going. Are you on your way to heaven with the rest of us? We're trying to build the kingdom. God said, when you build this church, you grab some stones from the mountain. You work on them. But I want to bring it a step further. He said, when you get them out of the mountain, he said, you work on them at that quarry. And you begin to chisel away. <laughs> and you begin to work off every rough edge. Because see, here, there's, here's the difference between a brick and a stone. Stone just fits, or bricks just fits everywhere. There's no rough edges. Hey, you got to forgive other people for their rough edges. God's still working on some of us. You're going to have to forgive some of us for the fact that we might cut you once in a while. We're not trying to offend you. We might bump up against you. We might rub you wrong. It's not the intention. I just got a few things. I'm still working on it. I still got a few things and areas God hadn't chiseled out of my life yet. But let me preach the other side. Well, I'm good and I'll just come as I am. Yes, come as you are, but please do not leave that way. If you come to ARC and leave the way you came, we have missed it. We have missed it. If you come into the kingdom uh, and you walk out the same way you walked in, uh, we are not doing our job. Uh, come on. Uh, when you come into this kingdom, uh, there should be something uh, that just begins to chisel off some things. And it's not to hurt you. It's not to curse you. It's because God wants to use you. It's because God's got a purpose for you. Oh, somebody praise him. You got to chisel away while you're at the quarry. So that when you come to the church, there's no sound of the hammer or the chisel. And there's no banging and striking. I've been to a lot of churches like that. That when we come to church, it's just a, it's just a, it's just every, it's a hammer everywhere. It's, it's this rock smashing into this rock. And this person's bitter against this person. This person don't like that person. Everybody's got something against that other person because they've all got so many rough edges that, that they don't fit together perfectly. And, and, and there, there's no grace for the other person. And, and subsequently, there's no grace for the previous person. And, and you know what the real problem is? That when you got home on Monday morning after a Sunday service, you didn't go home with your chisel. And you didn't knock off a few of those edges so that next time you came back, you didn't mess up Brother Joe anymore. And you didn't strike up with Sister Susie no more and everything has to be chiseled away oh somebody lift up your hands and let's pray come on I'm just trying to pastor here tonight and help somebody. God wants to use you, but you've got to allow the chisel in your life. You've got to allow that hammer to break away and chisel off some things so that God can use you. Oh somebody pray come on let's pray in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus.
Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody's getting a revelation of why God's allowed the chisel to be working in your life all the way through the week. It's not to hurt you. It's not to condemn you. But God's saying, I want to use you. And to use you, i got to knock some things off. And there's a sharp edge here. i got to remove that. And it's going to take a trial. It's going to take some trouble. But I still want to use you. There's some people that think, well, I'll just wait until I get to church to figure everything out. No, I've been preaching this for the last several weeks and I will probably never stop preaching this you know where everything starts at home the quarry called your home because God said when they come together I want them to fit so perfectly people think that they were just putting a frame together I want everybody to just match so well but it's going to take while they're at the quarry that they've got to chisel some things off Don't wait to get to church to pray. Don't wait to get to church to read your Bible. Don't wait to get to church to hear preaching. Listen, we got stuff online. Uh, There's a lot of good apostolic teaching and preaching. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, Listen. Uh, Apply it. Uh, Put it on your life. Get HCR. Uh, Throw it on uh, and say, preach to me while I'm at the quarry. Uh, Because I got some things in my spirit I got to work off. Uh, I got some things I need you to chisel off of me. Because I want to fit better with my brother. And I want to fit better with my sister. And I want to build the church. Somebody needs to go home and say, you know what? I put my chisel down and I put my hammer down, but I need to pick it back up because it's when you're at home, when nobody else is around. It's just you and God. And you could say, God, hey, listen, I'm no longer attached to the mountain I came out of. That's settled. That's settled. Hey, I grew up in a drug home. And I'm going to tell you, that's the mountain I came out of. But I'll tell you, there's things uh, that I don't ever struggle with again. Because I believe deliverance is permanent. I'll say that again. I believe deliverance is permanent. There's some folks who need to stop going back to the mountain. God never said go back to the mountain and start over. God said go back to the quarry and go ahead and work on what I've already pulled out of the mountain and pulled out of the world. God pulled you out of the world and he's working on you. You don't have to start all the way over. Oh, I felt that. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. In the name of Jesus. Somebody lift up your voice. Come on, you don't have to keep going back to the things you came out of. You can just work on yourself and chisel away at some things. And, and God will use you with all your flaws, with all your mistakes. God will still use you because God sees value in you. God says chisel away while you're at the quarry. It's going to take work. Man, it sure would be a lot easier if we just, if we just came to church and the, and, the, and the preacher would just manufacture us. Hey, I know churches like that. Don't you dare wear that color shirt. Hey, I don't have time for that. There's people going to hell. Just just wear a shirt. Just be modest. You want sparkles? Go ahead, have your sparkles. Just make sure you're praying. Make sure you love God. Make sure you're reaching out to somebody else. Oh, that was good preaching right there. Come on. 
We don't have time uh, to manufacture people and make everybody uniform. Uh, but we do have time uh, to come together like we've been for the last few weeks. Uh, and things have been meshing well. Things have been going well. And people are just interested, not in this person rubbing them wrong, uh, but in worshiping God uh, at the temple, at the house of God. Because uh, all week long, uh, we've set that atmosphere. And all week long, uh, we've been chiseling away. Uh, and all week long, uh, we've been seeking the face of God. So when we come together everybody fits just perfectly somebody pray all across this building oh Jesus come on there's people with unique gifts and callings in this house and the reason they've not come to fruition is because you've not allowed God to chisel some things off of you but God's saying if you'll let me work on you some more if you'll let me chisel some things off of you some more, I'll be able to get you in position. And there's some folks that are afraid, well, I've tried it and it doesn't work. Like it's a one-time deal. I got hewed out of the world and I should just be perfect. It doesn't work that way. God will deliver you from, from a lot of things, but he leaves some things in your life you fight off. Yeah. He'll help you kill Goliath, but there's some brothers of Goliath that got to go too. But that's your job. you got to take care of that. And so God will hew you out of the world. And you think, well, I'm just going to grab my stone. I'm going to come to church, and I'm just going to get along with everybody. You know, the people that always think, well, everybody else has the problem, they're the ones with the biggest sharp edges, and they don't realize it. And there's some gracious people that are saying, that didn't feel too good, brother so-and-so did this, sister so-and-so did that. But they're learning. Yeah. Some people think, well, I just go to church one time, everything's fixed. And then they get into troubles, and I don't like this person, I don't like that person. Eventually, nobody's saved. You know what I mean? I met a few people like that, us four and no more. And, and then finally they look at their wife and say, I don't even think you're saved, you know. Because they, they've got these sharp edges, and... And listen, they've got a lot of great qualities in there, but they got a lot of problems too. They think, well, I'll just come and I'll be here. And, and anybody that rubs me wrong, it's their problem. And when God comes by in a service like this and says, no, come on, son. Takes you back to the quarry. Sets you down. And says, you know why I brought you over there? So you could come to the house of God. And you could see all the areas where you realize I got a sharp edge there. One so you could focus on everybody else's problems. One so you could worry about what everybody else is doing wrong. God was saying, I actually set you next to somebody that I want you to mess with, even though you don't have the same personality and y'all don't like each other and you'd never hang out in the world. I put you by them on purpose. Oh, somebody praise him. I put you by people you don't like in a church with some folks you don't care for and it was the will of God on purpose so you knew what edges you had to get rid of so the next time you come back you fit compacted together. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, somebody praise him. There's some folks going back to the quarry tonight. There's some folks going back to the quarry tonight. So come Sunday, we come and we fit together better than we did last week. And more and more, more united than we were last year. And we're just building the kingdom. They'd have to take those stones. 
and they would bring them back and they say okay we want this stone to go right there but it doesn't it's not ready yet why didn't God use me X Y and Z you're not ready yet well when am I going to be ready you decide I got all these plans and all these dreams and all these promises. When's God going to come? You make up your decision that you're going to do it and God will use you. If you put in the work, God won't. God can't help but put you in position. If you'll chisel those things off, God can't help but say they made themselves ready. He's coming back for a church that has made themselves ready. It's going to take work. You've got to have your chisel in your hand and your hammer. And you've got to break away and make yourself ready. Bring it there. I want to use it. I want to put it up there, but it's not ready yet. Take it back to the quarry. Chisel away. Every service. You know what I'm doing at church? You know what I'm doing at home? I come to church and I look, how am I being as a pastor? You know what? I got some areas I got to work on. And I go home. I got to pray on this. I got to work on this. I come back. How am I doing as a leader? No, no, it's not ready yet. I got to work on this. There's some folks in your work and say, God, give me an eye for improvement. Give me an eye to say, Lord, I want to put all this in proper place. Then there comes a day you've chiseled and you've worked and God says let's let's take this and put you in position let's put you in place now I can put other people's weight on you been talking about growing up now I can build a church on you now you're a pillar in the house of God now you're somebody that I can bless I trusted you with I was able to trust you with 10 I was able to trust you with 100 with 1000 there's some folks that need to get millions in their mind I didn't get any amens on that I've said there's some folks that need to get off the hundreds and start thinking Lord I know that you're calling me to fund missions across the world I want my eyes to be focused on where I can improve to take my business to the next level. My ministry, my family, you put your blank in there. Don't think small, think big. What's the best that I could do? And work towards that. Chisel away. I don't care if it takes me 35,000 years one day. God puts somebody up there and then stacks some weight on them. And they don't slide. They don't fall over. They don't break. They're just there. They're there through every battle. They're there through every war. Because stones have always been stronger than bricks. And what made you an individual is why God has called you. Because God's got a special purpose for every individual. You better believe that. God's got a special purpose for every. And if you chisel away at some of those things... God says, now I can use you in the purpose I have for you. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray all across this building. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we've come to church, God, just to look at where we're supposed to be, God, to get that view, to get that vision.
And Lord, we're going home tonight to the quarry. I got my hammer in my hand. I got my chisel in my hand. I got my Bible in my hand. I got my prayer life in my hand. And I'm ready to chisel away at some things so that when I come back next week, next year, next month, I'm better than I was. Jesus said this. Upon this rock or this stone of revelation, I will build my church. The Bible says Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone. The Bible says that we are lively stones. And God says, I'll work with you. I'll work with you because i got a plan for you. I'm done preaching. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. There's some folks that God wants to work. God wants to help. But God's helping somebody will pick up their chisel, pick up their hammer, say, Lord, I'm going back home tonight. And there's some areas I just got to work on. Not because you hate me, not because you're against me, but because I believe you got a great plan for me. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Come on, somebody pray. Come on. When we work on ourselves, it produces unity. And this is what's happening in the church. God's saying, I want unity to be there. I want unity to be there. I want people that have nothing in common to work together to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords because I'm a God that works with lively stones. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray. God's opening some eyes. God's putting a hammer back in your hand, sir. God's putting a chisel back in your hand, ma'am. It's not to work on your spouse. It's to work on yourself. It's not to work on your neighbor. It's to work on yourself. And if we do that, it produces revival. That's it. Let's pray all across the building.
Come on, let's let's lift up our hands and let's worship Jesus. Lift up your voice. Somebody needs to say, God, keep working on me. God, keep working on me. I'm not praying that you work on my neighbor or my friends or my spouse. No, Lord. I'm the one that needs to keep being worked on, God. Make me what you're calling me to be. Create in me a clean heart. Whatever you got to do, Jesus. Chisel away, God. So I fit in your calling. I fit in your purpose. I fit in your plan. Somebody agree with his plan. I'll say yes. Yes to the hammer on my life. Yes to the chisel in my life. Yes to some breaking. Yes to some things being removed. I agree with that. It might not be easy, but I agree. simple word yes yes to the process yes Lord somebody worship him all across the building somebody praise him There's some folks that just got a word from heaven here tonight. I'm going to go home personally, and there's some things I got to work on, but it's so God can make me better. It's so God can anoint us more. It's so God can use us more. And I say yes to that, Lord. If you want to keep praying, keep praying. Amen. But let's remember to pray for those that are traveling. If you're traveling, God bless you. We love you. We look forward to seeing you back in the house of the Lord. Shake a few hands, amen, and and do something a little different. Tell them, I am so glad you're not like me. And that's what makes you special. That's what makes you unique. That's what brings us in unity. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's have church on Sunday. Let's bring somebody to the house of God, amen.